Hey guys, Jason Davis here. Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and in ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners. Check out the Tuttle Twins and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's nonstop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Hey, welcome to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thanks for being here. So obviously the election is right around the corner and one of the biggest issues is going to be voter fraud. And we hear about this every election cycle, but this time it seems a little different. It seems worse to me. So today's guest has been doing a lot of investigation and some excellent reporting on voter fraud. She is the founder and host of the Behind the Headlines newscast on YouTube and Red America Radio. And she's also happens to be a former Mrs. Florida. Karen Turk is with us. Karen, thank you for being here. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me. This is such an important topic. Absolutely. And I appreciate you taking the time. So I have to say this election is without a doubt the most important election of my lifetime and maybe even in the history of the country. There's a lot at stake here. And if we don't have confidence in our elections, then they might as well just rename us now to United Socialist America, right? Um, Absolutely. So I really wanted to have you on to talk about this because this voter fraud issue is extremely important. And I haven't really gone into this too much on this show just because I'm always kind of thinking it's it's almost common sense, right? Like every day there's some news story about a bushel of ballots being found in a dumpster somewhere. So yet every time this is brought up, the media just attacks. They'll demonize the president in every turn if he brings this up. So before I get into some micro questions about what you found through your reporting, just overall big picture, is this really just like a right-wing conspiracy theory or is this something that Americans should really be concerned about? Yeah, Americans should be very concerned about it. And the, the simple fact is, is there are 1,071 proven cases of voter fraud. There were nine thir- 938 criminal convictions, 43 criminal penalties, and, and 74 diversion programs. The actual charges range from absentee mail-in fraud to duplicate voting and ineligible voting. I mean, this is something that's happening. There are tangible facts to back this up. So anybody that says that voter fraud is some sort of a right-wing conspiracy simply is denying facts. And I think so often right now, we see a lot of denial of facts. And unfortunately, a lot of that is on the left, not on the right. And it's just to support their narrative because really Americans wouldn't vote for socialism if they knew that was what they were getting. I truly believe, I have more faith in my neighbors than that. 
But I think that in order to keep people interested, they have to develop this narrative that this is all, you know, a bunch of right-wing conspiracy theories because otherwise it's all too real. But it's backed up with facts. You can't deny it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, the news stories are out there, like I said, every day. So what do you say to people who point to like Oregon, Utah, Washington State, these states that have been doing mail voting for a long time, and they report very little fraud cases. And this is what they always say is that, you know, there is no fraud. It doesn't happen. What do you say to them? I I say it's completely untrue. You know, the facts, the facts are what matters. And the simple fact is, is that we have cases time and time again. And the reality is, is that a lot a lot of these cases are backed by people who are involved with the Democratic Party. It's just, again, a simple fact. I would prefer that it not be a fact, but it is. I prefer there was no voter fraud. And I prefer that we could handle the volume of mail-in ballots that we would get in an election like this one. But the simple reality is that we've never had an election like this one, and we've never had the volume of mail-in ballots that we will have on this election, and that is going to pose a huge issue. We simply don't have the resources to do it. Do some states do it better than others? Sure, but some states handle regular voting better than others. There are a lot of factors at play there. You know, and I think part of this and part of the reason that they want to make this a right-wing conspiracy issue is what they do so often is anytime the president states a position on something, they have to go the other way. They have to go the opposite. And the president from the beginning has clearly stated his position on this issue. He's called for investigation investigations over, you know, over and over. He's been very vocal about election fraud. And, you know, he equated this to, you know, mail-in voting to the Russian election interference and, you know, compared Democrats to an authoritarian government. And, you know, they're trying to undermine the American democratic institutions. And I have to agree with the president. And I think part of the reason is that people just want to denounce anything the president says. If you're on the left and the president's always wrong, He's never right about anything. And this election in particular is more about do you hate Donald Trump than it is about the actual candidates. If, if it wasn't just about do you hate Donald Trump, they wouldn't possibly put a candidate like Joe Biden in. It would make no sense whatsoever. But it is just this election is based on that. And that's a very unfortunate fact, especially for people that are registered Democrats and who believe in the ideals of that party. It's an unfortunate reality that they're not being represented well by this system. And the mail-in ballots are just the tip of the iceberg there. And if you were watching the mainstream media, you'd be hearing you know, that President Trump has no basis for pushing election fraud narratives. And you know, this is despite actual criminal convictions that support his claim, actual convictions. And there's so many, it's, it's hard to even know where to begin. You know, in Philadelphia, um, back in July, we had this Democrat, Michael Myers, and, and he pled guilty to stuffing ballot boxes, again, with a, with a co-conspirator, um, Dominic DeMauro, who, who stood in a voting booth and voted again and again and again. You know, in New York, we had a bunch of city council members who, you know, were involved in a mail-in ballot scheme. But guess what? The mainstream media is not talking about this. And these are cases from this past summer. Yeah, they never want to talk about it if it's uh, going to hurt their side. So what I think is interesting is, you know, they've been pushing this mail-in ballot narrative for some time, you know, under the auspices of COVID. But here recently, now they're 
changing direction. Now they're starting to call for in-person voting. What, mm -hmm. what gives with that? I, I think I saw that, you know, I would say it's probably now about six weeks ago, all of a sudden Nancy Pelosi came forward and said, oh, you know, now, you know, now it, now it's a problem. Now the mail-in ballots are a problem like now because of the U.S. Postal Service. So it was obvious that to me, and I think to a lot of other logical Americans, once you take the facts into consideration, that they had this whole scheme that they were going to steal this election through these mail-in ballots. And all of a sudden, they realized that maybe it wasn't going to work out so well. <laughs> maybe that wasn't going to be the key to winning this election. And unfortunately, the train had already left the station at that point. So they couldn't do anything except try to stop the train. And she did that by saying, oh, you know, the U.S. Postal Service is corrupt because the poster master general has a relationship with Donald Trump. And I just sat there and I watched this and I said, wow, they really now they're worried that the mail-in scheme is not going to work. So I think they're just having concerns overall that even with mail-in ballots, even with perpetuating fraud, even with trying to steal this election, the silent majority is so loud and so proud and not so silent anymore that they're starting to really see some fear. And I think that's where, you know, the other things may come into play that I think even when the votes are counted and even when we get down to the election, they're all of a sudden going to question the results no matter what they are. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the plan, it seems like what they're trying to push forward. What's interesting is at the same time that all of that is happening, they're also taking this fight locally in states in the courts. Mm -hmm. I've, I'm seeing that, you know, they're trying to get the rules changed in states, you know, the ballots can be counted past election day. I just saw that in Texas, they're removing the signature verification requirement and the postmark date requirement. I mean, that's just insane. It's, it's insane, but that's because they want to have a legal voting. They want a legal voting because it's the only way that they can steal this election from the American people and from the majority who wants to vote for Donald Trump this election. It's the only way that they're going to win is to make this a, a, just a bet of fraud. Because I, I don't know about you, but I, I actually live in a pretty blue county down here in my little pocket of South Florida. And I go through every single day having people that I wouldn't expect come up to me. And sometimes it's in a whisper from somebody who, you know, is an older woman who is a registered Democrat, and they'll pull me aside and they'll go, you know what, I agree with you. I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, you know, but shh, don't tell any. And, you know, it goes back to 2016 when, you know, people came out of the woodwork to vote for someone who is not a career politician. And I think a lot of people are looking at Joe Biden, people that are on the Democratic side of the aisle, and they're saying to themselves, how can I vote in somebody who for 47 years hasn't done a good job, but I'm going to elect him to be my president? It's a head scratcher. And, uh, you know, we actually were out at a, a Jill Biden rally, an event down here in Boca Raton the other night. And I went there just to, you know, eyeball it and see, you know, how many Trump supporters were going to be out there. And I got out there and there were hundreds of Trump supporters with flags and there were two Biden supporters standing on the corner with their masks and their signs. Uh, God bless them for coming out. But as the event came to a close, I was actually approached by two older women who were in their late 70s. Both of them were registered Democrats, and they both told me that this election, they are actually looking to walk away from the Democratic Party. And I've actually put them both in touch with the National Federation for Republican Women. It's fantastic. But it's just, you know, I think that that's really a testament to a lot of what's happening in America. And, 
you know, I get the the question all the time when I do news programs and radio casts and different things that, you know, at my core, I'm probably more of a libertarian than I am a Republican. But the reality is we have a two-party system and we have to work with what we have. So for right now, I'm going to vote Republican and I'm going to back our great president, President Trump, because that's that's the reality that we're living in. You can't deny it. So, you know, until we have a better solution, we have a two-party system and you got to decide what side of the aisle you're on. Yeah. And everybody's going to have to make a choice. They're not going to be able to ride the middle of the road anymore. No. So I got to say, you're, you're a better person than I am. I couldn't live in a blue county. But because you are in a blue county and you're in Florida, which is a battleground state, it always is. I know you're running in probably more conservative circles, but what is your vibe overall out and about, is Florida going to stay red or is it going to go blue? It's definitely going to stay red. I, I don't even have to question it. I have no doubt in my mind that it's going to stay red. I, I do think, you know, we have a little bit of an issue with um, congressional seats, uh, especially down by me in the southern part of Florida. And, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been really difficult to flip those seats red. And, you know, part of the reason why we haven't flipped those seats red in the past is we really haven't had good candidates that have stood up to these career politicians, specifically like, you know, in district, in one of the districts down here, we have Lois Frankel, and she's about as, as left as they come. And she doesn't really work for her constituents. She doesn't represent the constituents here at all. She represents interests in DC. And it's time that she's going out and Laura Loomer is actually running against her. And mm -hmm. I'm very hopeful that Laura has a shot. I, I want to be optimistic for that race. And you know, we have another race here, which is Jim Pruden, who's running against Ted Deutsch, which is another, you know, politician, career politician. Uh, and hopefully, you know, Jim's going to be able to flip that seat. So I don't know how we're going to do in the congressional races, but I definitely think in the presidential race, we will stay red. And my hope is that we're going to flip some of these Congress seats, too. I want to remain optimistic about that. And from what I'm seeing, the people that I'm talking to I think it's a good possibility because I see a lot of people that are walking away from the Democratic Party. And I think people are starting to wake up to the fact that this isn't the Democratic Party of, you know, my parents' generation. My parents were, you know, immigrants from Austria. They came here for a better life in America. And as Jews, they always identified as Democrats. But they were, you know, JFK Democrats who voted for Jimmy Carter and then were, you know, kind of dismayed by that whole experience and then went on down the road to become more conservative as our world changed. So the Democratic Party isn't what it used to be. And a vote for the Democratic Party is a vote for socialism. You know, whether we want to admit it or not, the reality is that it's being controlled by globalist billionaires who have an agenda that in my mind is very sinister because it goes against our American constitutional freedom and rights. Yeah, and we could talk about that till the end of the month. Um, and maybe I'll, have you, maybe I'll have you back and we'll do that on a different show. But your governor is doing a great job. It looks like DeSantis is um, one of the few now that have come to his senses about the COVID hoax and he's starting to open everything up. I got I to gotta imagine you're happy about that. Oh, I'm thrilled. Yeah. And it was a long time in coming. I felt like we were closed down a lot longer than we should be, but it's good to see the economy coming back. It's good to see a lot of the businesses, you know, starting to move forward again. It's sad to see a lot of the businesses that went out of business, a lot of the restaurants, a lot of the, you know, smaller mom and pop businesses that couldn't survive through this. You know, it's an unfortunate fact, but I do think that we're on a turn for the better. And, you know, it's unfortunate when you go to places I travel quite a bit. I was just up in New York and I'm looking at New York and I'm shaking my head because it's 
one of my favorite cities in the whole world. And, you know, going there was, you know, a little bit apocalyptic, tents in the street and a lot of homeless people everywhere. And it was just, it was something that was really unfortunate to see, but that's what we're getting from democratic leadership these days. And that's an unfortunate mm -hmm. reality. Yeah, yeah, I think New York's yeah. finished. I don't know if New York's going to come back from this. Um, okay, know. so you have a lot going on. You got the news show, the radio show. I heard you have a book coming out. Can you tell us about that? I do. You know, I've been the subject of my own headlines over the past year or so. I've been through some experiences that have been really eye-opening to the corruption that takes place, not only in our government, but even in our local and federal court systems. And I wrote a book called Behind the Headlines, which really delves into a lot of the things that I experienced personally through my own situation with the federal justice system and the injustice that I suffered and the media injustice most of all. And, but I'm just like so many other people and so many headlines that you read every day where, you know, it's basically clickbait news. It's something to get your attention, to get you to click through. But then the, you know, the basis of it really doesn't live in reality. So I want to take everybody on a journey on my YouTube show behind the headlines for the news that you're absorbing every day and find out what the real story is. And my first book, which is titled Behind the Headlines, goes into my own story about what actually happened to me, the corruption I experienced. And I've had a, a really interesting career working behind the scenes in the media for 20 years. I've worked with a lot of high-level Republicans and public figures and celebrities, and I talk all about it, and I'm optimistic. Yeah, and when's it going to be out? I, it's going to be out January 1st. So we're doing some pre-sales now, and you can go on my website, which is Karen, K-A-R-Y-N, Turk, T-U-R-K, dot com to pre-order the book. And we're doing uh, personal signed autographed copies right now. Um, and you can buy one on the website and be one of the first ones to receive the book. The other big thing that I think you got going on is the 1776 Forever Free Project. Yes, and I'm really excited to be a part of that. I'm just, I, you know, I'm, I'm aligning myself with some wonderful people. We're doing a march on Washington, D.C. It's the last stop on the Freedom Tour. And the Freedom Tour is a part of 1776 Forever Free, the organization that's backing it. And um, we invite everybody to come out. This is not about party. This is about being a part of a free America and about constitutional rights and about standing up and having our voices heard. And on October 17th, I will be speaking there. So you can learn a little bit more about me when I speak on stage. But even more than that, we're all going to band together in a march on D.C. And we're going to march from the Washington Monument to the White House. And it's going to be a really exciting day where we drain the swamp in D.C. I wish I could be there. Uh, I think everybody needs to get back to constitutional principles if they want to save this country and make it better. Otherwise, we have a long, hard road ahead of us. Karen, we do. thank you for being here. I appreciate it very much. Everybody needs to go and check out the Behind the Headlines newscast on YouTube. It's Karen Turk. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Don't Tread on Liberty with Jason Davis. Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation. 